welcome to the Goddess Mindset Podcast. I'm Jada Capeller, your exercise consistency coach, founder of Jada Fitness, and I'm here to help you create a lasting routine you love so that you can stop starting over. After years of skipping my workouts and never making progress, I've finally learned what it takes to stay consistent. So now I'm here to help you as much as I can. If you're ready to up-level your life, mindset, and exercise routine, you are exactly where you're meant to be. A goddess mindset allows you to take control of your life, embody the gorgeous goddess that's already within, and finally live the life you can't stop thinking about. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get started. Hello, lovely. Thank you so much for being here. If you haven't yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another episode. Today, I am joined by premier dating coach in New York City, Liv Tally. I'm so excited she's here and she's giving us some of her best tips and especially why so many smart, successful women continue to fall for the wrong guy. And I cannot wait for you to listen. You are going to absolutely love her. Now let's dive in. Welcome. We are joined by the lovely Liv Tally today. Thank you so much for being here, Liv. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm so excited to chat with you. And I know you're just living your best life in New York City now. You are a premier <laughs> dating coach. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so did you mind just introducing yourself and a little bit more about your story and who you help, how you help them? Yeah, of course. So my name is Liv and I started my dating business like 10 years ago. I used to write a blog that was about like kind of my dating misadventures <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was fun and and I loved writing and doing all of that. And then eventually in 2019, um, I decided that it would be a good pivot to become a dating coach and like actually take these principles that I have been writing about for at that point, I think it was like, um, seven years or something. And I would actually like walk people through the process and I would use all of my history, all of my lessons, all of my research. Cause I'll, you know, the blog posts that I would create were always like backed with lots of research. And I wanted to really understand how dating works and how relationships and building connections really work. And I wanted to understand psychology, biology, like everything that goes into it so that I could help people really pinpoint what isn't working for you and make a pivot and get into a relationship that lasts, that leads into marriage. So um, I have been doing that now for five years and I have seen 70% of my clients either get into new relationships or get married. And so it has been so, so fulfilling to just connect with singles. And I do primarily work with women and I work with women who basically have it all and just are missing that piece of someone to share it with. And I help them put that piece into place. So it 
is incredibly rewarding. Um, I love seeing my singles find love. And so that is why I'm here and what I do. Amazing. That would be super rewarding, especially to see the journey from the start to finish. Um, and I just love that. And thank goodness for all your research. <laughs> I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure your many lessons. Um, I can only imagine how thankful all of the women you've worked with are for you. Uh, that's just so incredible. And the topic specifically for today's episode is essentially just how to stop picking the wrong guy, right? Like we loved that idea when we first connected. Um, and I know that's going to help so many of my, uh, listeners and hopefully just really resonate with them. So, so why do you think so many, and even just like smart, successful women continue to get in this cycle and, and fall for, I guess, the wrong guy? Yeah. So that is such a great question. And it's really hard for those women. And I'm speaking as someone who was there. Um, it took me a while to find my husband. Um, but what I see happen again and again, and this is especially with millennial women, mm. um, is that they get into this really hyper masculine state of operating and it serves them very well in business and in careers um but it doesn't translate into dating and i think that a lot of women who are very successful kind of get into this idea that like okay well i was able to create all the success that I wanted in my income or in my business or in my career. And so those same skill sets should translate mm. to the success of landing a man. Right. But it doesn't. It's okay. you actually literally have to do the opposite of what you're doing in business to get into a, a healthy relationship. Right. Wow. Which makes perfect sense when you explain it that way. So what and what's like an example of that? Like when you think of this yeah, I, I guess, like you said, this masculine energy for certain success. Um, mm -hmm. Are there any specific examples that women might be doing this and, and they don't even realize, I guess? Yeah, of course. And so just so that I can be really clear and so it's not confusing to your audience, when I say hyper-masculine energy, like to put it in really simple terms, your feminine energy is your flow and your trust. And your masculine energy is like your action and your reinforcement. Okay. And okay. so when you're building a business, like, yes, you need a lot of that, like really bold, inspired action. But when it comes to dating, that really aggressive, I'm going to do it myself type of behavior is turning men off and specifically like talking to these women all the time, um, they want a man who still takes care of them. Like despite making a lot of money, despite being very independent, a lot of the girls that I work with own their own homes. Like they have properties, they have investments, like they're doing so well. And still they want to feel like a man is there taking care of them. But I think there's like a disconnect because women have kind of absorbed this idea that being taken care of is only something that men do financially and mm. that is so far from like the role of a man and a partner and a husband and so right. I think the 
biggest disconnect is even though you're a go-getter, even though you are the type of woman that like gets stuff done, you have to be able to take a step back and you have to be able to be very in that flow, feminine, trusting state Mm. if you want like a healthy masculine husband. Interesting. So how, and how do they get into that? (laughs) Is it, does it just take some time? Does it take mindfulness? Like how do they create that shift? Absolutely. And I think that a lot of women who, especially millennial women, um, we kind of were the generation of women in the workforce, you know, like Mm. women were fighting for a lot of this and that was really great. And then millennial women like really stepped into it. And then I think they, took it like a step too far um, and really bought into this idea that, oh, well, you're a strong, independent woman, so you don't need a man. And as like a relationship expert who also really understands the biology of chemistry, um, and I know that probably sounded weird, but like the (laughs) biology of making a connection, right, Mm -hmm. is that um, that type of uh oh my gosh I've like lost my train of thought no that's that, okay <laughs> um oh is that when you're going about um building a life like you do need a partner that's what I was gonna say you mm. do need a partner and right that makes I think women uncomfortable to think like oh well does that mean that I'm not whole on my own? Or does that mean that I'm not Mm. like as self-sufficient or whatever? And that's not true. So I think that just to answer your question, a lot of unlearning of social norms has to come in and and play. Um, And just understanding that a man's job isn't to take care of you financially and give you a house and like give you permission to live, like whatever. Um, But that as a woman and and the same is true, you know, for men, there's only so far that you can get on your own. And mm-hmm. eventually, even the most successful woman in the world reaches a point of diminishing returns when there's no one to share it with. Right? Totally. Yeah. So well said. And I think you just articulate everything so well. Um, <laughs> and I love what really stood out to me that the term was unlearning. Yeah, like that's such a beautiful way to put it. Um, And what I'm interested in too is for these women who are, say, always, you know, getting in the cycle of falling for this wrong guy over and over again, um, are there benefits to that too? Like, do you think that's just part of the part of the journey? (laughs) Um, I think benefit is a really interesting word um, because (laughs) women are choosing the wrong man for a reason because mm-hmm. it serves a purpose. There's a story that they're playing out that is fulfilled when they choose the wrong man. And without getting like too far into a tangent, um, typically what is happening is there was a need, a need that wasn't met. Um, and it most likely wasn't met by your father or a father figure. And so a lot of women will chase after the wrong man in the subconscious. Like this is so, so deep within, like women are not doing this very consciously. Right. Um, Right. That 
they think if they can chase the type of man who withholds the same way that their dad did or uh, their caretaker did, then and they get that man to love them, then it will heal that wound. Mm. And so that's why they keep doing it. And so in a way, sure, like it's beneficial to them to keep feeling almost like safe in that dynamic because that's all they know. It's familiar, right? Speaking to like your biology, your nervous system has been programmed to know a certain thing, just like you said, it's that familiarity. And Mm. so you keep replaying that scenario because that's what you know and you think that's your role when it comes to getting love. So good. I hope listeners' (laughs) minds are like exploding right now. I love, I'm so fascinated by this. Um, That's incredible. So, and I, again, I think you explained that so well. So, so for the woman who is really struggling right now and, you know, it feels like she's tried the dating apps and just isn't having any luck, like what, is there anything you would say to her right now? And I know you're working with these women constantly, but what would you say to that woman, I guess? Yeah. So I think that dating apps can work. I think that they have kind of reached their peak. Mm. (laughs) um, I was speaking with a woman who uh, works in like tech and news and algorithms. um, And she was telling me like live feed that the apps are now programmed to work only if you pay for them. Oh, and so if you're not paying for them, they're like working against you. Um, and I don't know for sure that that's true. Like I haven't verified that, um, but I can see that from a business standpoint. Right. Um, and, you know, and so I know that a lot of women are feeling really burnt out on them. And so if that's you, then I would encourage you to get out and socialize in person. Um get a dog (laughs) like I just did this whole bit which started honestly as a joke um but I was like no like women who want to date and want to find like a safe masculine man having a dog is like the best way to do it because you're out there walking him during the day and so the men who approach you aren't gonna feel like the same kind of vibe as the guys that you meet at 3am at a bar. um, I love that so much. There's like, there's a ton of ways that you can meet people. And I think that in wake of the pandemic and the lockdowns and like all that, people are just kind of burnt out on technology and Zoom and the apps and like all the online stuff. So get out, like pick up a hobby, go start doing something consistently that's reliable where you get to meet people who like share interests with you. So joining a club is really great. Um, yeah, like all all kinds of things that you can do. You don't have to use the app at all. Right. There's so many other options. So like you shouldn't <laughs> feel stuck with that one thing. No, I yeah, love all no. of those examples. Um, Which, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I just like have an example. <laughs> Oh, perfect. (laughs) Um, From my own story here, Um, because I met my husband when I lived in D.C. 
And when I moved out there, I had been like kind of traveling around. I worked in politics. And so obviously like I'm going to go to DC. And (laughs) when I went there, I was like, you know what? Something I've always wanted to do, but I've never felt comfortable doing because, you know, like I grew up in a rural town where you're like, you know, everyone. And then I moved and I lived in Utah for a long time. Like that's such a small world. So when I moved to DC, I didn't know literally anyone there when I moved. And so I was like, well, I've always wanted to join a softball team. And so I'm just going to like find one. And it was just a local league. Um, and it was no big deal. And I was terrible at it. Oh my God. <laughs> but like, I had so much fun and I ended up making a girlfriend doing that who actually was doing kind of exactly the same thing as me. She just like picked DC randomly. She wasn't working and she was like, oh, well, I love softball. So let me join this team. And so the two of us would hang out and um, I met my husband, not through her, but we went on our first date through her. Wow. So it's like, like those types of connections and those types of things, like, oh if I do this and it's like all girls on the team or like you know whatever there's like all these kinds of reasons why we think joining a club or joining a team or picking up a new hobby or whatever couldn't lead us to the guy if there's like no guys there but you never know who you're gonna meet through the new people that you meet right and that wasn't like the pure intention too you're just like I want to get to meet more people (laughs) (laughs) I love that so many like synchronicities too within that Totally. That's really cool. Um, and something when we first connected, uh, I remember you explaining the difference between the word confidence and self-esteem. And mm-hmm. I just, I absolutely love how you differ- differentiate between the two. So can you please just share how you uh, differentiate those two? So confidence and self-esteem for everyone listening? Oh. <laughs> So this is really, really important, especially for women who are like, they do feel good about themselves and they're just like, I know that I'm a catch. So why am I not meeting the guy? Right. Um, And the reason is probably because you have very high self-esteem, which is externally based. So Mm -hmm. if you have high self-esteem, you're probably the girl that like, gets lots of attention when you go out or you get the accolades at work or you're a high performer, high achiever, you get the raises, the promotions, all of that. And so that's a lot on paper of kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um and so when you get like all of this external validation, it feels really good and so you have this really high self-esteem. But what I see is that those girls take rejection and things not working out with dating the hardest. Mm. And the reason is because they actually have really low self-confidence, which is your internal validation of self. Does that make sense? Yes. So well said. (laughs) So well articulated. Because (laughs) the first time you explained it, I was like, yes, this hits so hard. Um, and again, I can think, I think can resonate with so many women listening. Mm -hmm. And I know you mentioned before too, that self-esteem is so crucial in a romantic relationship. So how, how does it play a role that you've seen? Yeah. So they obviously, I don't think there's anything wrong with self-esteem. Um, 
but you have to know when to ask your partner for validation and when to like give it to yourself. And so it's a really delicate balance there. Um, and for the most part, you should be able to validate yourself, but you're a human. And so there's going to be days where it's just all falling apart and you just don't feel at the top of your game and you just need somebody to hold you and somebody to lean on. And those are the times where you're like, Hey, babe, like, I just, I feel like such a loser right now, or, you know, something isn't working or I'm so frustrated or you're just like kind of losing something. And it's okay in that moment to be like, can you just support me? Can you just hold me? Can you tell me why you love me? And being able to ask for that in a way that reinforces your confidence and reinforces your, your relationship without becoming codependent is Mm. really, really important. Right. So good. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And what would you say, what would you say are your top like two to three tips for women who are, who are trying to currently pursue a relationship? I would say, make sure that you practice self-trust. Like that is such a huge um, barrier for really successful women um, because they they trust themselves to like get the task done or to really excel in a project. But at the same time, I see these women self-abandon a lot and that self-abandonment is going to be your biggest barrier to connecting with a man because especially a man who is healthy in his masculine, he is looking for a woman who can tell him what she needs. And as a man, he actually bonds to her through her telling him what she needs and him like succeeding in doing it for her, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So then, and could you get an example of like what self trust looks like or what self-abandonment looks like again to see if women are doing this or not (laughs) even something really simple as um like when you go on a first date um I see this happen all the time where women have these really really high expectations for a first date to like knock their socks off like checklist amazing (laughs) check all the boxes exactly yeah Um, but they never communicate what they want and Mm. then they're mad because the date isn't what they wanted and and then they like kind of come back to the story that like oh well you know all men are trash and no man deserves me and blah 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 and it's like well did you tell him like three to five places that you would like to go for your first date and that I mean I ask women that And there are a lot of women who are like, well, he should be able to plan it. Like he should just know. And I'm like, well, how would he know what you want? He's like, just met you, (laughs) you're strangers. And so it's, it's not you stepping into the driver's seat to say, Hey, here are three to five places I'd like to go for dinner or for an activity or for, you know, whatever. 
Um, because what happens, and this is so crucial, especially right at the beginning, is if you get asked out on a date and you say, great, love it. Like here's a time that works for me. And you coordinate all of that. And then you say, here are three to five places that I would love to go. Then what happens is you've stood up for yourself. You've said, Hey, this is what I want. And then because you've given him multiple options to choose from, you're now trusting him. Okay. Mm, To make that choice. Then when he chooses from that list or doesn't, and then he's disregarding what you want. And then that's kind of a red flag. Um, Right. But like, if he chooses from the list and he pulls it off and it's this really great date, even if it's very simple, then you feel really good because he listened to you. He planned it. He was the man, like blah, blah, blah. But then also he feels really good because you told him what you want. And then he was able to deliver and he was able to step into this service for you. And then now he like feels connected to you because of that small act. And women Mm -hmm. who struggle to trust themselves struggle with even like that really simple first date concept. Right. Interesting. Yeah, no, totally. And is it almost like self-advocacy too in in another sense? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like Mm -hmm. self-trust in its most simple forms is saying, knowing what you want and then saying that you can get it and then working until you actually have it, right? Right. Yeah. And And actually communicating it. I'm sure it's the hardest part. (laughs) Well, and a big part of working for it um, is both the action that you take, but also like your ability to relax and trust Mm. that it's coming to you. Right. Right. Yeah. That trust and like letting go in a sense too. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's incredible. Oh, Liv, I just love, (laughs) love listening to you talk about this. Um, and you, you also have a book, which is super exciting. So I wanted you to talk about that. Do you mind sharing with our listeners about, about your new book? No, of course not. Um, I'm so excited. This is the second book that I have published. Um, well, that I will publish. I haven't published it yet. Um, it is called Choosing Not Pursuing, and it's a modern woman's guide to dating. And the book is all about how women set the stage for their relationships right at the beginning, just like I have been talking about, mm. and how to step more into that feminine. Um, I talk in the book about like your cycle, because most women actually don't know anything about their cycles. Um, I talk about uh, how to find that harmony between your masculine and your feminine, how to lead with your feminine in dating, and how leading with your feminine in dating is how you land the man who is in his healthy masculine. So very excited. I'm like, have really high hopes for it and so the good. that I hope it will have. So, oh my goodness, it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited <laughs> for you. And when do you have an estimated timeline of when it will be available or it's just all still in the works? No. So, um, I have already released the first draft of it. Um, and so it is kind of in revisions right now. And I am planning to have it done by the end of March. So, coming up. 
That's super exciting. <laughs> well, all of your information is going to be linked uh, below in the show notes. And and what is the best way for everyone listening to get connected with you? If they want more advice, if they want to just really connect with you one-on-one, where can we get in touch? Oh yeah. My favorite place, honestly, to chat with you is going to be on Instagram. So I'm just there at Live Tally Official. And you can feel free to give me a follow. You can feel free to send me a message. Um, I don't give DM advice because I have clients that pay for them. Right. Um, yeah. But I will answer a question. I will talk to you in there. Um, I'm happy to, um, you know, just chat and get to know you. And if you want to like think about working together, then obviously like we can open the door to that, but otherwise, you know, no pressure, just come hang out and see what I have to say about dating. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Definitely go connect. Definitely go follow live right now. If you're not yet. (laughs) Um, and again, thank you so much for being on here today. I just, I'm so grateful that we got to connect today. Me too. Thank you so much for having me.